Hey fam, it's Patrick and Jillian. Hi everybody. Hi, we have some things to say. Yeah, so right now it's about 9.45 on Friday night. We have been uh, in the Facebook group, in the Twitter threads, really all over our DMs. We are seeing a lot of stuff from the listeners and we want to say we're, we've read it all, we hear you, and we understand some stuff. I think, girl, the big thing that I am taking away from all of this is that uh, we made an Instagram post on Tuesday about Black Lives Matter. We went dark. Um, we did. We moved our episode to Wednesday. But I think the thing that I'm really taking away from what I'm seeing tonight, girl, is that it was not enough. And that as white creators, it really is our responsibility right now to use our platform to elevate black voices. And so we, we had this plan. So we... we- recorded a full episode on a documentary called Unseen, which is fantastic and moving and you should absolutely watch it. Um, But it is all about this serial killer whose victims were exclusively black women and how much the police didn't give a shit and we were really mad about it and you guys we yeah. do we gave them the tco treatment we didn't let anybody off the hook here and we thought really i mean wrongly we know now we didn't think it was the right time to air that episode because we didn't we were thinking about you like we didn't want to bring up anything else or re-traumatize someone or or just hurt your mental health in any way like we thought it, it was a better idea to to hold the episode not forever just for a week or two and yeah it really was a, a now we understand dumb decision and now we wish we could have done that differently Julian can we be really as clear and as vocal as possible about our stance on Black Lives Matter um I mean it's really late I don't want to start screaming but I'll start screaming we <laughs> yes we support Black Lives Matter of course we do we'll say it 10 times uh we'll say it 10 100 times we'll t- say it 10 million times we we really we had the best intentions and we screwed up so we apologize for that and so here's what we're gonna do we are replaying our episode on say her name the life and death of sandra bland and it's ad free and in addition to that the show notes are gonna have podcasts and documentaries and tv shows and resources um just for you to watch about like race in america and by black creators yeah and before we before we jump in we're gonna get to it in just a second i think we just really want to say all we want to do in this moment is the right thing you guys we care and we care deeply so here we are so here's our episode on Say Her Name, The Life and Death of Sandra Bland. And we love you guys. We love you so much. We love you. Black Lives Matter. Say it again for the people in the back. Okay, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Say Her Name, The Life and Death of Sandra Bland. You know the thing that has been like permeating my brain all day? What? Is like how wrong her last name was. This woman was anything but Bland. Oh, yes, totally. She does this sort of like social media online thing called Sandy Speaks, and it's like the first thing we see, Mm -hmm. and it just gives you such a window into the firecracker that was this woman. You're right. It's such a fantastic introduction to who she is, talking about like kingdom and queendom. Yes. She's so positive. She's like, I, you know, I hope you guys did something productive today to like advance yourselves and the world. And she has such an amazing message. I was just like, I hope that this is like sprinkled throughout the whole documentary. I need, I need all of the Sandy Speaks in my life. Spoiler, it is. I know. <laughs> Today's Sandy Speaks is going to focus directly on my white people. What I need you to understand is that being a black person in America is very, very hard. I will light you up. Get out. Wow. Now. Sandy called me, let me know that she had been arrested. How do you go from failure to signal a lane change? To dead in jail by alleged suicide. I believe she let them know. I'll see you guys in court. 
and I believe they silenced her. Do I think this jail had anything to do with her death? No, but moral responsibility-wise, absolutely. If we want change, we can truly make it happen. Sandy Speaks. So this movie does that great thing that I love. They just tell us right away sort of the full story of how we got here, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, and we learned that on July 10th, Sandra was stopped by the Texas Department of Public Safety for a traffic infraction. What was that traffic infraction, Jillian? A trooper was behind her, basically telling her to pull over. And so she pulled over, but she uh, failed to signal when she did so. How? Bullshit is this reason for pulling her over. Uh, this is a good time to mention the bell is not here, so <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I mean, it, it just looked like this cop was, uh, his name is Encinia. Yeah. He was just kind of looking for some for some action, it seems like. He was looking for some trouble. Exactly. State trooper arrested Bland for assault of a public servant, then transported Miss Bland to the Waller County Jail. On Monday, July 13th, at 8.58 a.m., jailers went to cell 95 and observed Miss Bland hanging from her privacy partition in her cell. The Harris County, Texas Medical Examiner's Office listed the manner of death as suicide. So her death is listed as a suicide, but there are a lot of unanswered questions that we're going to go through. Yeah. So then we meet her sisters. We meet two of her sisters. Yeah. And they're, I don't know where they are, Chicago, I think. And it's like cold out and that we're going like through a graveyard to like her grave. Right. Because they have this new gravestone that's colorful and beautiful. And they're they're leaning over to talk to her and saying like, no matter how long it takes, you wanted to change history. We got your back and we're going to do this. Yeah. Their names are Sharon and Shantae and I love them both. We got a lot of people that's down here standing with you and us. People you know, people you don't know. A lot of people who you don't know. I don't think Officer Insinia knew whose you were and who you belonged to when he pulled you over. Well, each day, you let him know what mistake he made. You're going to get to the bottom of it. When she died, she was at a place in her life where she was just starting to, like, figure out what her mission was. Like her what she, calling. What her calling was, yeah. yeah. Which is, like, makes this even all the more tragic. Right, and we, we learned that from Geneva, her mother. I love Geneva. Geneva reveal <laughs> loving you. Sandy kept talking about going back to Texas. She said, now I know what I'm supposed to be doing. She talked about this. She kept saying, my purpose is to go back to Texas and to stop all of the injustices against blacks. She wants to go to Texas to stop the injustices against black people. Right. She decides that on July 8th. She drives to Texas by herself and she's like, I'm doing this. She has so much literal drive and purpose. And by July 11th, she calls her sister Shantae from the county jail, says, look, my arm hurts also I'm in the county jail. Also, this is the same arrest we were just talking about where she ends up dead in three days. I said, what are you in jail for? She said, you know, I really don't know. And she said, my arm, my arm is hurting really bad. And I could hear her talking to the guards in the background. Then she said, I'll call you back. And she hung up the phone and she never called back. So this is when we start to meet the people on the other side. You guys, they all talk so goddamn slow. It's the reason why this movie is an hour and 47 minutes long. Yes. And they talk about like, is that why y'all are mad at us? No. (laughs) No. No, no, we're mad for other reasons, bitch. Mm -hmm. But you do talk a little slower. (laughs) You do. Not going to take that away from you. But we're we're here for other reasons. We're not not here for your diction or whatever. (laughs) 
Uh, so one of them is R. Glenn Smith. He is the sheriff of Waller County. Monday morning, when Miss Bland was found in her cell, the ambulance and, and uh, medical help was being called, then I was notified. When I walked back to the cell, the justice of the peace was already here. It's a devastating call. Says the Texas sheriff, that's the last thing we want in our jail is not for everybody to come in here and leave here the same way they come in, if not healthier. He wants people to leave his jail the same way they came in, if not healthier. (laughs) Which is, Robbie, how do you leave the county jail in Texas better than how you came in? I'm just curious, like, because RG doesn't explain how that's supposed to happen. How are you going to accomplish that goal? So then we meet the DA? Elton Mathis, (laughs) the district attorney. You guys, if you thought the talking slow was bad in the previous scene, wait till you hear this guy. Well, he's the one who's like, maybe. Maybe we talk a little so, like later in the documentary. Yes. This is Elton, and it's like Elton. Oh, maybe you're a little right. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I maybe I was a little hasty a minute ago. <laughs> Elton, girl, get it together. Right. So he's the district attorney for Waller County. Yeah, they're asking him about the morning they found out about the death of Sandra Bland, and he said, "I got a phone call from a friend of mine who's in the media in Houston. He said, Elton, what's going on with this this hanging at the jail?" And I said, "Well." We had a hanging at the jail. Um, As far as I know, the Texas Rangers are handling it, and that's about all I know. You know, they'll give me a report when they finish it. It got a lot stranger. It was was either that afternoon or the next morning. Uh, Everything hit the proverbial fan. So now, you guys, trigger warning for a lot of things right now. Guys, I wish I had had a trigger warning. This is unbearable, what we're about to talk about. So the day after Sandra Bland's death, a bystander video of her arrest goes viral. Yeah, there are two videos that come into play. There's the dash cam video, and then there's the bystander video. Right, so the bystander video starts with Sandra Bland on the ground, on her stomach. Yeah. With uh, Trooper Incia, whatever. Who fucking name, cares? Whatever. Yeah. His knee in her back. That's the most important yeah. thing. Okay, well. Roll over. I can't even fucking feel my arm. Tuck your knee in. Tuck your knee in. Yeah, I Listen, listen. You're going to sit up you're on your butt. Sit up you on your butt. Listen to how he's telling you to get I up. I can't even hear. Yes, you can. Sit up on your butt. Head into the ground. Sit up on your butt. Sit up on your butt. Stand up. Traffic signal. I swear to God. He is being so violent to this woman. Right. And at this point, there's another officer there. Right. Yelling too. A woman officer. Yeah. And saying, and they're like asking this bystander to stop filming. They're not. They're not asking him. They are demanding. Demanding. It. And and at first, I love this bystander because she's like, "Girl, what?" She's like, "I can't hear. Sorry, girl, I can't hear yeah, you." Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. You need to leave. You need to leave. I can't hear you. You need to leave. Am I on public property? This was when videos like this were happening all the time. There was a video from that pool party mm-hmm. also in Texas where that 15-year-old girl yep. got body slammed oh, to the ground. It is oh, so God. fucking brutal. Yeah. But it's so important to know you are allowed to film cops. If you're on public property, you're allowed to film them. Absolutely. And you hear Sandra saying, thank you. All of this for a traffic signal. Thank you for recording. Thank you for a traffic signal. Slam me into the ground and everything. So now we meet Sharon Cooper, who's another one of Sandy's sisters, and she's basically like, bitch, 
what? Because she hadn't seen this bystander video until Tuesday, the day after her sister died. So she's like, I'm sorry, how did, wh- I'm sorry, is that even my sister? How did this happen? And right. how is this guy's knee in her back? Right. So of course, when the bystander video comes out, now I have a ton of questions because my mind goes to, okay, what happened before all of that to, to get her to the point where she's down on the ground? With this guy t- towering over her. And how do you go from this very strong woman to to dead in jail by alleged suicide? So 30 miles outside of Chicago, Illinois, Uh we meet Cannon Lambert, attorney. He's gorgeous. His house is gorgeous. His His family family is gorgeous. gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) And so the thing is, we're here with him because Sandra Bland, in like 2005, a couple years before this horrible thing happened, she was rear-ended by a motorcycle or something on the road. And then apparently decided to call the most expensive lawyer in Chicago. (laughs) Right, because I I guess she was like, I have a hell of a case. This is a guy you call for like a fender bender? Like, he looks so fancy. You're saying that because you guys not a visual medium, but the house is unbelievable. he lives like he definitely lives in a very fancy suburb. Absolutely. Also, his name is Cannon. Does it get sexier? Cannon Lambert. I can't handle it. Sandy got rear-ended by a motorcycle on the 5th of April, 2015, and she contacted my office. She had a big personality, and it was a big, bright personality. See, I'm assessing people when I talk to them, trying to figure out what type of witness they're going to be. Is she going to be equipped to think on her feet? She was. And so he tells the story that however long later after he's represented her in this fender bender, he's driving in the car with his wife and his wife is like, oh my God, Sandy Bland died. And he's like, the the name sort of rings a bell. And he's like, show me a picture of her. The wife shows him a picture and he's like, what his face is saying is like, well, the world just lost like the brightest bulb. Exactly. So the family calls him. Sandy's family. Right. Because it's like, okay, this is a lawyer we know. Uh I'm assuming he did a great job with the motorcycle (laughs) rear It's like $800 an hour. Obviously. Or, like, if the case was so cut and dry, he's like, oh, I'll just do this pro bono. That's, how they, that's what they say, right? Sure. Lawyers, lawyers yeah. in the Facebook group, am I right or wrong? Pro bono means free, right? Right. Um, but when the family calls, he just says, he was like, well, you know, you're compelled to help and be involved. Exactly. Obviously. So, Cannon, the lawyer, gets the phone call five days after Sandra's death. He's in Texas. He's at the county jail. Yeah. He is going to work. They have all this video of the actual inside of the county jail where Sandy had been taken. This is where things start to get a little fishy. The Texas Rangers, they walked us through footage, so they claimed anyway, of the jail. We were looking, trying to see where Sandy was. I didn't see her ever. They never see Sandy? Like, she's not on this video anywhere? And then her sister takes us through the experience of watching this video. There's no timestamps. There's no dates. Her cell was all the way in the back corner. She was in a cell number 95. The way they choose to phrase it is where she was did not have cameras. But I I would think that that would be strange. And how are you monitoring your inmates. My sister's like, that's kind of weird. Right. You would think that, like, how are you even, like, keeping an eye on your inmates then? This inmate that you said is super dangerous and assaulting this officer, like, wouldn't yeah. you kind of want to know what's up? Exactly. It's all very, very, very fishy. And they also said that Sandra made phone calls, but they didn't know what phone was used or who she called. And then the lead investigator for the Texas Rangers, Shane Ellison, had told us that specifically Sandy made upwards of 21 phone calls, yet they tell us they don't know what phones she used to make these 21 calls. That doesn't make sense to me. 
If you know she made 21 calls, then you've got to know what phones she used to make those calls. We do have audio of her on the phone sometimes to some uh-huh. of her sisters, but they don't have all of the audio. Like, th- none of this is making any sense. I watched all 20 episodes of Making a Murder. I know. <laughs> I know that phone calls are recorded. Also, 21 phone calls? How did she have time to make 21 goddamn phone calls? Right. It's not adding up, you guys. Then the attorney tells us that, like, the police had opened an investigation into the death, and so he's saying, like... So I'm thinking that we're going to see documentation by way of photographs. They showed us some photographs of her body in the cell. They did not have any photographs that depicted her hanging, and we were told explicitly that they don't exist. Not only do they not see any photos of Sandy hanging in this like makeshift noose that apparently was made out of a, a trash bag, mm-hmm. those photos don't exist. They were never taken. And Sandy's sister says too, like, well, I'm sorry, just rewinding again real quick. You take shoelaces, belts, anything where someone can harm themselves, that is protocol across the board. Right, but you leave this like 30-gallon trash can with like a, a huge trash bag in the, in the, it's like inviting somebody to take their own life. It's all very strange. Yeah, but then this hits very close to home to me because of my husband. The sister's like, yeah, we were grieving. However, we're also a family of note takers. Oh, this, this <laughs> screamed Asia McLean to me. Because, because now I'm like, you guys, because the sister's like, whenever anything was kind of like, mm, that's not right, yeah. they made a note of it. Right. Maybe they don't have the perfect legal pad that Asia did in the, the vacuum ceiling or whatever. Guys, Asia, we need to know more about your system. Right. You kept those notes pristine for like 14 years. All right, you guys, we're here. This is the dash cam video. Yeah. So we've seen the end of this interaction with her and the cop, with the bystander video. Now we're going to see the whole thing where she gets pulled over and how this whole interaction goes down. And it is fucked, you guys. It is so hard to watch and so unbelievable to see it because this video was everywhere when it came out. Yeah. But it was with people talking over it and it was bits and pieces and it was yeah. edited. So to see it all in one shot is just the most eye-opening, like, what the fuck? So he pulls her over and he gets out of his car and he goes over to the passenger side. I thought that was weird right? too. I don't know anything about policing, but like that, but yeah, it was the passenger side. I paused it and asked Mike, and he was like, Well, maybe it's because like there were so many cars on, oh, on, could on, be. on the driver's side. But I was like, no, because the worst part happens on the driver's right. side. Yeah. So he didn't care about that. I'm so glad you caught that too. I thought it was really weird. Hello, ma'am. Uh, well, it takes high patrol. The reason for your stop is you didn't fail, you failed to signal your lane change. You got your driver's license insurance with you? He goes back to the car. We get this on-screen text that says five minutes and 41 seconds later. Now we're seeing him back on the driver's side, and he's he is looking for a fight. He's looking for a fight. So he's about to give her the ticket, and he just asks her if she's okay, like not in a nice way. Mm-hmm. You okay? I'm waiting on you. you. This is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you say? seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am. Because I feel like this cop is what I'm getting the ticket for. I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over, and you stop me. So, yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So. She's like, well, this is your job, dude. I'm waiting on you. Like, you pull me over. Like, what's what's the deal? Yeah, and then she, like, tells him that she's irritated, and then he... Well, no, he says, you seem irritated, which... <laughs> Ladies? I know. So Sandy is pissed, and she tells him as much, and then he asks her, like, are you done? Like, like he just talks to her like she's a child. Oh, my, are you done? You asked me what's wrong, and I told you. Okay. So now I'm done, yeah. Okay. You mind putting out your cigarette, please? Don't mind. I'm in my car. Why do I have to put out my cigarette? Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. She's like, girl, you asked me if if I was upset, and I told you that I am. Like, what, what do you want? And then from here on out, 
everything he says is a power move. Yeah. Step no, out of the car. No, you don't have the right. Step not, out of the car. You do not have the right to do that. I do have the right. Now step out or I will remove you. I refuse to talk to you other than to identify myself. Step out or I will remove you. I am getting removed for a failure. Step out or I will remove you. I'm giving you a lawful order. And what 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 line in his brain did she cross there? Oh, she's a woman and she's black. Mm-hmm. I mean, And yeah. she's just, she's furious about it. I mean, you know, again, I haven't lived a life of experiencing racism. She fucking has. And that's why, I mean, I can't speak for her. I don't know. But that's where this, like, just frustration and rage is coming from in her voice. Right. This is not fucking today, bitch. But then he does this thing. He opens her driver's side door. Yeah. And he is so physically intimidating to her. You hear him slap her. I'm sitting, I'm watching all of these violations occur. Let's do this. Yeah, we're going to. That man slapped her. He slapped her. You can hear it. We're going to. He reaches into the car and you hear a smack and then you see her head pulling away from him. And she says, don't touch me. Yeah. They have this whole, like, step out or I'm going to remove you. They're ju- they're both ramping up here. Get out of the car now. Why am I being apprehended? You're trying to give me a ticket I said, for your get failure. out of the car. Why am I being apprehended? You I'm giving you a lawful order. order. You I'm going to drag you out of here. So you're going you to drag me out of my own car. Get out of the car. And then you I will light me? you up. Get out. Wow. Now. Wow. Get out of the car. Then he says to her, I'm going to light you up. It's all just a power move. But what he does, he takes something out. And I don't know what it what it was oh, at it's first. it's a taser. It's a taser. But he oh. takes something out of his holster and puts it in her face. And I was like, what the, f- what is that? Yeah. And he basically forces her out of the car and is screaming at her. If you would have just listened. I was trying to sign the fucking ticket. Whatever. Stop moving. Are you fucking serious? Stop you? moving. Oh. What we'll learn later is what he's doing and what they say he's been trained to do is to get her out of the view of the dash cam. Right. Because then all of a sudden he gets physical with her. You're about to break my wrist. Can you stop? stop? You are about to fucking break my wrist. Stop! Stop, stop now! Stop it! She's in such pain yeah. and it's so... And rage and frustration yes. and th- that stuff that you feel when your dignity is just being completely steamrolled over. Right. And she does say at this point, she's like, Le- I cannot wait to take you to court. I cannot yep. wait. Because yep. she knows her rights. I cannot wait till we go to court. I can't wait. Ooh, I can't wait. You want me to sit down now? No. Every single time she says anything, it's just, it's it's escalating him. It's escalating her. It's escalating him. And by the way, he is the law enforcement officer. It is his job to de-escalate this situation. Right. That is literally his job. And then they get into this like screaming match and he's like, well, now you're under arrest. You were getting a warning oh, until now you're going to jail. Oh, I'm getting, for what? You can come for read. What? Come read right. I'm getting a warning for what? Stay right here. For what? Well, you Stay just right pointing me over there. Come read right over here. This right here says a warning. You started creating the problem. You asked me what was wrong. The sister says, like, if the cop is willing to treat her that way in the middle of the day in broad daylight, what kind of treatment must she have gotten when she got to the jail where no one's looking? Exactly. I felt like, oh my gosh, if she was treated that way in public, cars are riding by, she's treated that way on the road. What was going on in the jail? What was going on in there? 
So she's in jail, and we see a lot of this video of her being processed in and whatever. Mm-hmm. Her bond is set at $5,000. In order to get out, she needs to come up with like 10% of that. So she needs $500. She calls her sister. Her sister doesn't have the money. But the family, now they, they're aware, and they're, they, they just need a day or two to get the money together. But no one is seeing this as like, oh my God, I got to get on a plane. It's an emergency. Like, it's a, it's a shitty situation. But in a day or two, they'll have the cash. So now we're hearing a little bit more about the sheriff. You know, R.G. Smith. The first really slow talker. Ding. <laughs> so this guy says to us this county unfortunately goes all the way back to the civil war and it is a sensitive topic this county goes all the way back to the civil war and it's a sensitive topic when he said that <laughs> you guys it was 800 years ago you lost get the fuck over it i was like pressing my temples like this bitch did not say it's a sensitive issue you guys don't bring up the civil war at breakfast dad gets really mad it's really sensitive for him he's still hurting over it are you kidding me sorry rg smith you can't own people anymore so sorry actually i'm not sorry about that at all he's the sheriff now so he's in charge of the county jail but before this he had been the chief of police Mm -hmm. and when he was the chief of police he got in trouble all the time for like getting charges of racial discrimination and what they call racial intimidation right which is like god damn it how shitty can you be this is a good time to point out that the reason that Sandy wanted to go back to this town was because she had gone to college there and she I think she loved it and she saw that there was a lot of work she could do there exactly so we get the story of like what actually really brought her to Texas that weekend which was the school that she had gone to had called her to let her know that there was a job opening but they needed her to apply for the job in person Mm -hmm. so this is when she like goes to Texas and she applies for the job and she gets it she calls her mom and she's like she's like mom I'm in Texas and I got a job Friday Sandy just called to say hey you know I got it I'm about to start in a few days I got it mom she goes I'm going to the grocery store and I'll talk to you later I text her and I say watch out Prairie View work it girl Friday afternoon tables turned everything's different you guys, it's like later that afternoon that she gets pulled over by this garbage piece of shit cop mm-hmm. and then is dead three days later. Yep. So she gets arrested mm-hmm. and they bring her in. And I, I think because she had been in trouble before and now this is a felony that she's being brought in right. for. And also because I, the cop is saying that she was aggressive, she gets put in solitary confinement. Yeah, it's like a different category yeah. of, of being arrested. The jail has a policy that if you bring an inmate in and you deem them to be a threat or aggressive or what have you, you isolate them initially and then you reevaluate them within a 24-hour period. We know that that didn't happen for Sandy because she was there by herself for three days. She's not combative. She's not aggressive. Why single her out? So now she's alone in the jail cell, and this is the cell where she ends up dead. Right, and now Waller County Jail is now becoming, like, the stomping ground for all of these protests and activists. This whole thing is really scary because you see these, what are being called the new Black Panthers, standing, like, maybe 20 feet in front of the jail carrying machine guns, Mm -hmm. and the cops are, like, out in front of the jail facing them carrying their riot gear and their guns, Uh and the Black Panthers are fucking They have every right to be so mad. I just was looking at it and I was like, this is so fucking terrifying. Like, if one thing goes wrong here, so many people are going to die. Do you 
see how angry they are. Right. And like you're looking at the cops, you know they're scared and they're just trying not to show it. One of them was smiling. They're in a, a very, very, very small parking lot, which yeah. is like the length of a car. Yeah. It was terrifying. To it watch. really was so scary to watch that. Can we talk about the Reverend Hannah Bonner? <laughs> if we don't, I quit the podcast. So we're like all of a sudden inside this church and we meet this reverend, I guess is what you call her. This like badass woman reverend. Yeah. And she's the one who tells us that like many black women have been killed in situations like this before, but Sandra's was the first one whose name had like real staying power. Regardless of if she had a cigarette, regardless of whether she cursed, I believe Officer Insinia would not have pulled Sandra Bland from her car if she looked like me. Therefore, racism killed Sandra Bland. She's just not taking anybody's fucking shit. Right. Well, first of all, Sandra Bland died on Monday. Hannah was there by Wednesday. <laughs> She's like, I just got to get my shit in order for like a couple hours. Right. I'm dr- she has no time for anybody's shit, and I'm here for her at one zillion percent. She goes down to the courthouse where Sandy died. She lights a candle, yeah. and like somebody from within the jail comes and blows it out. She's like, fine, fuck that. She starts projecting the Sandy Speaks videos on the side of the jail. I was asked, was I trying to racially unite or racially incite? Well, honestly, I feel that. My goal is to racially unite. Now, in the process of doing that, some people will be incited, i.e. upset, because based on the history of America, it is not good when it comes to black and white people. She's like, I'll see you, the stupid candle, and I'll raise you her actual voice. Yeah, which which is really, really incredible. Right. So here's some shit. Mm-hmm. We're back in Chicago with the hot attorney. Cannon. Cannon. And what's happened is the people in Texas had, they'd like sent out for a toxicology report on mm-hmm. Sandy. And then they had released the body back to Sandy's family. So Sandy's family has possession of the body. The people in Texas have this toxicology report. Right. And now tomorrow is the burial of Sandy. So we're with Cannon, the attorney, and he's showing us these text messages he gets the day before the funeral where the DA, that really, that other super slow talker guy. Elton. Elton. <laughs> what a fucking weird name for a DA. DA Elton. <laughs> Mathis. D.A. Elton Mathis is texting him saying like, He says to me at 458, where is the body? Do you have the results back on your autopsy? So this is part of what makes me start to feel like there's a little gamesmanship that's going on because he knows that I can't have a full autopsy report. He then says, looking at the autopsy results and toxicology, it appears that she may have swallowed a large quantity of marijuana or smoked it in jail. He says she swallowed marijuana. How do you think she spelled it? Because I know exactly how he spelled it. How did he spell it? M A R I H U A N A. I just have L O L L O L L O L. It's marijuana. Marijuana. Just say weed. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 All of this is just licensed now for the people in Texas to slander Sandy. Like now they're saying, well, if she was that high, her mindset wasn't right. It makes sense that she would kill herself. Well, now we're trying to say, oh, let's not look at what really happened. Let's talk about this marijuana that was in her system. And so now she changes from the poor young lady who passed in a jail cell to, oh, she was crazy. She had mental illness. It's such an antiquated view where it's like, well, she probably went insane because of the the evil goddamn pot, because of the devil pot. The devil marijuana. (laughs) You're like, what? Now, DA Mathis, uh, 
assembles a grand jury to consider criminal charges. So here's the thing. That sounds like a good thing, right? It sounds like the DA is doing the right thing. Maybe we're going to bring criminal charges against the cops or the people who should have been watching Sandy when all of this went down. Then we get to Cannon and he's like, no, bitch. The way grand juries work, it's a completely secret process. Mm -hmm. They can show whatever evidence they want or not show whatever evidence they want. Right. The prosecutors have all the power here. I bet you money that the DA down there They'll say all of the evidence that we presented to the grand jury was assessed and they made a determination that nobody should be charged. But the practical reality of a grand jury investigation is that it's not adversarial. I can't be there. I don't get to submit any evidence. They get to choose what evidence they submit and what evidence they don't. The prosecutor, who does not want to prosecute these people, he doesn't think they did anything wrong. But yeah, they, you think they're showing the dash cam video? Exactly. Of not. How is this process this way? That the person whose people would be prosecuted is the one who is deciding what evidence is seen, what witnesses are called, what evidence isn't seen. How does it work this way? I, I, I could not, I could not believe it. I know. So because they know that this grand jury nonsense is not going to go Go their way. Cannon is like, you know what, you guys, we're going to file a lawsuit. Our only way of getting any justice here is going to be to sue everybody involved. Mm-hmm. We sued Walla County Sheriff Brian Insinia. We sued both of the booking uh, officers at Walla County. There's the uh, assault and battery counts. There's the wrongful death count. There's the survival count. There were constitutional rights that were violated. People in this country have died for the opportunity to make sure that we have a voice at this point. And we're going to muster the strength to use it. So now we get sort of a revelation. This was the first time that I went, oh. Yeah. So the cops, in response to these lawsuits being filed, they released the intake forms. So when Sandy was brought into the jail that day, she had to fill out intake forms. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions was, have you ever attempted suicide? She checked the box, yes. Right. And then the next question is, are you thinking of killing yourself today? And it's no. Right. But this was one of those moments where I was like, oh God, oh God, no matter what, this doesn't look good. Right. And the DA says, who fully thinks that she killed herself, Mm -hmm. Like, look, she was scared. She was likely going to lose her job at her alma mater that she had just gotten because now she picked up a felony. She had lost a baby 14 months prior. I'm in a new location far away from my family. They knew what her bond was. She wasn't being bonded out. She's sitting there thinking about, what am I going to do? And then that fucking garbage sheriff says, like, yeah, she committed suicide. Did she want to do that in completion? Or did she do it by accident, wanting to be maybe caught for extra attention? Those things, you know, none of us would ever know. When he said more, I feel like drink every time I'm like, when they said, I just just trailed off speechless. That's kind of where I lived in this documentary. So then we meet this guy, Marlon, who's uh, Sandra's youth minister. Yeah. And he tells us this other, oh, moment. Right. Where he's like, look, 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 hold look, on. Look, 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 look. Turning the car around. He's like, 
when we were working together, Sandra had binders about research on police brutality. Yeah. And this was part of her calling. Like, we've been hearing about since the beginning of this documentary. And he goes, look, she had much harder times than sitting in jail for three days. If anything, this would add fuel to her fire and want to fight even more because I think it was a marijuana count or a DWI. It was a DWI, yeah. She could either pay the ticket or sit in the county jail for 30 days and then two weeks back at Waller County. She chose that. (laughs) So they're like, three days isn't nothing. Like, this would only make her stronger. She was not suicidal. She just wasn't. According to them, this is not the Sandy they know. Yeah. And then we see this video of her where she says, it's like another Sandy Speaks, and she says, There are uneducated people who are hell-bent on self-extermination. I am not one of them. I am into building up my kings and queens. So for me, black lives matter. And then subset all lives matter. Self-extermination. I know that. She had everything to live for. Like this, she just was not suicidal. She was just, I just keep going back to the word determined. Yeah. She was determined and, and focused. She had work to do. Look, this comes up for five seconds, so let's just talk about it for like a second, because mm-hmm. I've heard other people talk about this. Yes. There's a whole conspiracy theory that Sandra Bland was actually dead at the time of the mugshot. Right. When she is allegedly brought out of the holding cell to have her mugshot taken, her face is blurred out through the entire segment. One of the most heavily discussed pieces of evidence is Bland's mugshot. Many are postulating that she was already dead when her photo was taken by police. It's this crazy conspiracy theory where they're saying all of these things like, you're told when you get a mugshot taken, don't lean against the wall, but like Sandy is leaning against the wall. Right, there's no space between her and the quote wall. Yep, and then there's another shot of the mugshot where it looks like, oh God, like that could be a dead body. Yeah, her eyes aren't fully open. Uh It's really terrifying. It's It's, a rabbit hole and a half. It's a rabbit hole and a half. Did you get on the Reddit? Of course I did. (laughs) It was Sandy Bland and uh, Madeline McCann all day today on the Reddit. God, I need, I need a pal. I just need eight showers and yeah, 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 a, a yeah, ten yeah. palate cleansers for myself. But it's also like there are a lot of unanswered things that it's from true. the county jail. I don't know. It's very easy to be like, well, wait a second. <laughs> But also, like, the Black Panthers have left, but there is now a protest at the Waller County Jail, and, like, people are pushing their way in. Yeah, the closed captions just said, clamoring. <laughs> I love, your closed captions have a good sense of humor, I they gotta really, say. They really, they really do. Back up, back up! Back up. Back up. It's terrifying. It's a mob of people kicking in the the door of the county jail, protesting. People are fucking pissed. Right. And so, like, that is totally valid. But at the same time, the cops are just like, we also can't hear the 911 calls. Right. Which is also valid. Right. So it's like, there's got to be a better way. Also, maybe this shouldn't have happened in the first place. And then we wouldn't even be here. And then you can answer those goddamn 911 calls. That's the better way, girl. You figured it out. You're You're a ring. Beautiful and smart. Just don't do that. So Sandra's family hired an independent medical examiner to do their own autopsy. Dr. Joy Carter. She's amazing. I will tell you, they take us inside the autopsy room at one point, and there's like what looks like a miso soup plastic container that just says contents of stomach. Oh! Oh, I was like, oh my, this is too real. I don't need to, I don't need to see that. The autopsy is, you know, our investigative tool. So you have to be thinking forward. You have real injuries that could not have resulted from a hanging, but from blunt force being applied to the back of the body. And yet there is no tissue that is labeled soft tissue from the back. Questions are still there. 
So now we're in a conference room with this doctor and Sandy's family. What they're looking for in this autopsy are signs of foul play and mm-hmm. murder. So here's what we learn. Number one, there's no signs that she was actually hanging like a free fall. That if that noose had been around her neck, she would have been like in a sitting position. Seated with her head forward. Yeah. She said. She did have a well-formed ligature mark, which had a V behind her left ear. And that's the point of suspension. There were no uh, fractures. But I found evidence of deep bruising. Bruising going all the way through the deep muscles on on the back, uh, down to the level of the ribs. There weren't any injuries of her fighting back and fighting for her life, which we've heard about in so many documentaries, like nothing under the fingernail, like yeah, nothing. Right. There are certain things that we look for in forensics to give us the ability to say when the death occurred. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a short window to document those things. Mm-hmm. Primary one is getting a core body temperature, was what, which was not done. And that's what's lost. This is very confusing. And, and you could see the family's kind of like, wait, so th- th- there's kind of no real concrete information here. I mean, there is a lot of significant and vital information that is missing. Sure. There's a lot of things that are just in, but just does not add up. Cannon's big like dun 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 moment is like well there's no fingerprints of her on the trash bag noose. Mm-hmm. There's no DNA of her on the trash bag noose. Which there definitely would be but he's saying even with that we still can't prove that she didn't take her own life. Right and he's like I, I watched 130 hours of video from that county jail. Yep. And he goes I didn't see anyone whether that video was manipulated or not. He didn't see anyone go into her cell and he's like I can't put that I can't bring that into court. Like but- I can't fight on that. But his big point is that had she not been falsely arrested, she would be alive today. Ultimately, I don't look at it from the standpoint of whether or not it was a suicide or whether or not it was a murder. It was an in-custody death. Sandy should be here, period. The police still have blood on their hands. No matter what, whether she killed herself, whether she didn't, the police have blood on their hands because they falsely imprisoned this woman and that resulted in her being dead. Right. And also, just real quick, there was a police officer who was falsifying hourly observation logs. So here's the other thing. Here's the other ba-ba-ba moment. (laughs) This is the thing, too, where, like, the police officers were supposed to be checking on her every hour. And if they had been doing that, she would probably still be alive. And we have... Have these records where the DA admits were falsified by the, the, the officer on duty. What that jailer was doing was pre-filling out the form. Did you falsify? No, not in his mind. So the truth is he, the person that signed that jail log, did not see Sandy. They did not check on her that hour. That is a false record. Was it made intentionally or knowingly or with evil intent? According to what he says, no. The DA and the sheriff are like, did he falsify it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Was there evil in his heart? Probably not. And I'm like, that bitch lied on paper and someone's dead. Like, there's document, uh, there's documentation of this person predating hourly checks. Yeah. And they say this person, like, they're still protecting it. We don't know his name. Right. We don't know anything. It's like, this officer, there was not an ounce of evil in his heart, sweetheart. And I'm like, I don't care. He lied. He lied. And not only did he lie, he wasn't actually doing the thing that he was supposed to be doing, which if he had been doing might have resulted in Sandy still being alive. You guys. Also, don't put people in jail for no fucking reason. Right. Every, like, you had one job meme and you right. had one job gift. Right. Just yeah. get up off your ass once an hour. Yeah. 
<laughs> and write down the time and check marks or whatever you have to do. It's Go check that on that prisoner who shouldn't be in solitary confinement but is for no reason. Yeah, you had one job. You're supposed to be face-to-face once an hour, not looking through a window and guessing. This young woman is scared and frightened, and someone is having emotional pain, physical pain, isolated, then you have some things that should be considered as being driven to. You know, we, we know that someone's spirit can be broken, even in a short period of time. So this is going to go to arbitration, right? Mm-hmm. But just before we get there, Sandy's mom comes back for one minute to say that she still does not for one goddamn minute think that Sandy killed herself. Yes. Sandy was bold and knew exactly what was right and what was wrong. I don't believe Sandy shut her mouth when she got to that jail. I believe she kept talking. I believe she let them know. I'll see you guys in court. I believe she did all of it. And I believe they silenced her. So no, it's not settled. And no, I don't believe she committed suicide. Still. And so now we go to arbitration because nobody wants to take this to a trial. Mm-hmm. And so they, they're they in arbitration for like an entire day. Sandy's mom was like, it was really hard. Yeah. We weren't giving up anything. And it ends with them getting like a $1.9 million settlement and a promise of jail reform. Like actual literal, like they're going to go and put cameras in like all the dark corners where they didn't have them before. Right. And a promise of de-escalation police training, which to me seems like the most important. If this guy had just de-escalated the situation, we wouldn't be talking talking about this right now. Right. So you want the on-screen text? Oh, God, yes. Okay. So it says the Sandra Bland Act is now law in Texas mandating statewide reforms to increase prison inmate safety. Hero bell, right? Yeah. Okay, garbage bell. Because... (laughs) I knew that was coming! Look, because police de-escalation training was removed from the bill! I mean, the... Police de-escalation training seems to me to be the most important part of this whole thing. I know. And then also, like, no one has ever been criminally liable for anything that ever happened to her. Like, everything against uh, Trooper Insinia, whatever, dropped. Like, no one is criminally responsible for what happened to Sandra Bland. Hey, fam. It's Patrick popping in again to say that we are tweaking the ending of this rebroadcast just slightly to end with a quote from one of Sandra Bland's Sandy Speaks video. You can watch the whole thing on the HBO website. But this piece of this clip felt right for the moment. Racism can be felt. My white friends, don't get upset, but you don't know. You just don't know. You don't live it. You don't feel it. We've had enough negativity going on for too long. We need to educate each other. Some of us are really doing as much as we can, and we can't help but get pissed off when we see situations where it's clear the black life didn't matter. Because in in the news that we've seen as of late, you could stand there, surrender to the cops, and still be killed. It takes love not to go cray-cray over something like that. There are kings and queens in all of us. What Sandy Speaks wants to do is let my kings and queens know you can do it. We can be successful. It is up to us. 
Oh, you guys, thank you so much for re-listening to this episode. Again, we want to say thank you for reaching out to us and letting us know how you feel. When we make a mistake, we want to make it right. Um, you know, I don't think we'll ever feel like we're able to do enough in this moment. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're sure as hell going to try. I mean, we can promise you that, yeah. right? Well, we'll leave, you'll at least know that we're, we're trying. So, yeah, we love you and uh, we need you guys. So stay safe out there, would you? Yeah, stay safe out there. We love you. And Loving we'll see you. you on Tuesday for our regular drop. That's right. Okay, bye. Bye.